telling you the truth, I've already tried it. And it didn't work for me. There's only one name. You can't call on your mama. You can't call on your daddy. In times of desperation, in times of need, when you have to find uh, the real truth behind everything, there's only one name. And when you call that name, he will answer you. Amen? Amen. That's what he promises. He will answer you. But, in spite of all that, my message here today is a it's not going to be an easy message. As I was woken up this morning, I heard a song that really just stirred my heart. We had talked about a little bit about it a few months before, but I really feel like that we need to understand that this name that we are proclaiming here today, it's a great name. It is a very great name. But when you speak this name, what happens? When you speak out this name in the midst of public, what happens? Not everything good, does it? It's not a happy time, is it? You would expect that it should be a happy time, especially here in America. Now, I could understand if we were going to a far-off country that never knew of this name, and they had false idols represented up there, carved in images of beasts and, and everything else, you know, and you call out that name, and they may take offense because you're not speaking about their God. You're not speaking about their entity, the thing that they worship the most. I worship the God of all creation, and His Son's name is Jesus. But for some strange reason, even here in our own town, you speak out that name and people take up an offense. And it seems to be getting worse as the days go by. This word offense... This word offends people, doesn't it? This name offends people. It has often offended me at times when I was younger. Hello. No longer offends me anymore. And there's a reason why. At one point in time, God was an offense to me. At one point in time, I didn't want God in my life. I was offended because of God. Hello. You know, sometimes God makes us do things that we don't want to do, doesn't he? Why? Is it because he wants us to be offended? Or is it because of our hearts and we'll be offended anyway? Hello. God knows us, doesn't he? And an offense is something that we have to take to heart. Let us not be offended because of the cause of Christ. Let us not be offended this morning because of the word that's going to come forth here this morning. Let us check our hearts this morning. The Lord says offense will come. And it could come even this morning. God did not come, Jesus did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And I hate to say it, I've seen the sword come through and divide people. Some people are offended by the word, and some people are, are, are taken to heart by that word. But it all depends on where we stand with God. You know, the Word today will check our hearts. It'll let us know where we stand with God. To some it is a stumbling block. To some it is a cornerstone. Amen? Amen. To some it is, it is a stumbling block. To some it is a cornerstone. 
we've talked about the cornerstone here in times past, and we've uh, seen how this cornerstone is set in place. Amen? Amen. It's set upon a foundation. It is made true. It is made clear. It's made perfect. Amen? Amen? It is something that we can line up ourselves with to be also true and perfect. Lined up correctly, we can make a marvelous thing, a beautiful building, a habitation for our God. It's not necessarily the physical thing that we're looking for. It's more the building of God within ourselves. If we're lining up ourselves according to that cornerstone that He has placed within us, I'm telling you the truth, we will be able to build upon that thing. Straight and true. But that same stone can be in an offense when set in place and it will not line up to what we want. Will it? And sometimes we will be offended by it. Because that stone is the standard on which God brings into our life. And it's up to us to line ourselves up to that standard. To humble ourselves. Thinking that we may not know everything. And if we line up according to that standard, then we'll be okay. If not, we'll fall. And today we're going to talk about this word offense. We'll be looking at this stone of offense and seeing how it comes about into our lives. Father, I do pray that you help me here today. I've seen it clearly this morning, Lord, and and I just want to portray your word. I just want to bring forth your, your meat, Lord, your bread, so that we may eat of it, Lord, and understand your ways. Your ways, Lord, are perfect. Your ways, Lord, are true. Your ways, Lord, are narrow and sometimes difficult. And Lord, help us understand what the Spirit of God is saying this morning, Lord. Use me, Lord, as an instrument of righteousness. And we will glorify you and thank you for all things. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We'll start here. this morning and giving me this word. I had two or three other things that I was thinking that I was wanting to speak on this morning, but evidently he has another uh, thought process this morning. You know, I, I'm looking back within this last couple of weeks or even last couple of months and I'm noticing that uh, as we're growing in the ministry, as God is raising us up, as God is moving us forward, uh, I'm having to be careful because there's an offense going on. It's not that I want to be offensive. I don't want to be offensive. It's not in my heart to be offensive. And I think God is the same way. I don't think God intentionally wants to offend us. He loves us unconditionally. And His love endures forever. But at times, for some strange reason, people get offended. And it's not that I want to see this, but I guess it's going to have to happen. It's described so many times in the Word. As I was looking it up, there's six different occasions that I'm looking at this thing and I'm seeing my offense is coming. Offense will come. But don't be offended. Hello. 
Offense will come. But don't be offended. Keep your eyes strong, straight ahead, looking up to the author and the finisher of your faith. Offense will come, but don't be offended. It's hard. It's hard. Why? Because it's not my enemies that offend me. If it were my enemy that offends me, I would turn the other cheek. More times than not, it's not my enemy, but those within my own household. Those are the ones that are offended more times than not. And it grips my heart and tears it out of one side and then in through another and causes all kinds of scarring upon my heart. And I have to go before the Lord and I weep and I cry. And I ask the Lord to heal my heart. It's not that I want offenses to come. They will come. And it's not because of me, but it's because of the Word that comes forth. Offenses will come, but don't be offended. Offenses will come. Don't be offended. It's a hard thing to keep your eyes straight. It's a hard thing to keep your heart from growing cold. Even in the last days, the Lord says that a sign will be that many hearts will wax cold because of offense. So don't be offended. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse number 34. Even in the beginning, when the child was born, a prophesy, a prophecy was prophesied. Mary, his mother, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many. And as for a sign which we will be spoken against. See, it's not that it's a sign. A sign is a great thing, isn't it? A sign is a great thing. If it comes from God, it's going to be a great sign. But many will speak against this sign. Why? Because of an offense. Yes, a sword will even pierce your own soul. And the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. So Jesus is coming as an offense to some. And as a cornerstone for others. Many will rise and fall. That's what the prophecy reveals. The hearts and intents of many people will be revealed through Jesus Christ. As the Word comes forth, He will either cause you to fall or cause you to rise. And I'd have to say, before you rise, you'll probably fall. Let's look at that. I'm looking at my own self, guys. Remember, death comes before life. You've got to die before you live. And I'm seeing that if you're offended, you're still not dead. Because death brings forth uh, all your feelings are then dead. Death comes and you're no longer offended anymore. You can't be offended. You know where offense comes from? The I, me, my, mine attitude. It comes through a a, a selfish ambition. And if things aren't done your way, you're offended. If things don't go your way, you're offended. If you can't do what you want to do, here comes the offense. 
Jesus is going to find out if you're really, truly a believer. He's going to test your heart and see if there's any offense within you. You know, you might be strong in one area, but there's one little thing that's hidden back there in the back corner of your heart, and he's going to touch that thing, and he's going to wonder if you're going to be willing to give that thing up too. Don't be offended. He just wants your whole heart, not just part of it. If he makes you do something here this morning, it's, don't take an offense. He just wants you to do everything his way. It's better that way. It is. It's better that way. It's better that you do everything according to the Word of God and, and nothing for yourself. Nothing. Not one tittle. Not one I. Not one T cross. Don't do anything according to your own way. But in everything unto the Lord. That's why Proverbs chapter 3 comes out so many times in my messages. And the reason is, is because he classifies himself as being Lord of all. Lord of all. He's not just, he can't be your Lord unless he's Lord of all. Hello? You can call him Lord, you can call him King, but he is not your Lord or King unless you give him your all. All your hearts, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love the Lord your God. If you don't love Him, you'll be offended by Him. Because being king means He owns you. Every last ounce. He owns you. You're in a part of His kingdom, right? He gives you a part to, He gives you a, a, a possession within the kingdom, right? And being that He gives you a possession, He now wants you to take care of it for Him. Everything that you do from that point in time is now for the King. Everything. You don't live in the house that is yours. You don't live, uh, the property that you're plowing is not yours. The crops that you're plowing are not yours. They're all His. Now, if it's His desire, He will give you what you have need of. Right? He's not a, he's not a tyrant. He's not going to be a dictator. He's not going to take everything for Himself. He's a good God. And his desire is to give you the best. Am I right? But if you take up an offense against him, how does that relate to you and, and where you live? Okay? For some strange reason, I'm, I'm thinking that you're not even a part of the kingdom until you can get rid of all the offense within your heart. I think you're outside on the gate looking in. Desiring to be a part, but never, never able because you're never willing. You're always willing to give up what you think you need to give up, but until you give up everything, even that trump card, God says you can't enter in. And for some strange reason, this verse is coming up. He says, if you don't forgive those who offend you, I will not forgive you. And so you're outside the gate, aren't you? Amen. Looking in. Desiring to have, but never able to obtain. Mm. Turn with me to Matthew 21. Look at verse number 44. Well, actually, let's go up to 42. It says, Jesus says to them, 
Did you not, did you never read in the scriptures that a stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to another nation, bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whom it falls, it will grind him to powder. Mm. That's a strong word. Jesus is speaking of himself being the chief cornerstone that the builders rejected. The builders are obviously a set group of people. Wouldn't you agree? Amen. Now the stone that they just rejected is going to come back on them and grind them to powder. But those who fall on this stone will only be broken. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've had the stone become a stumbling block to me. And it broke me. There's certain words that will come up throughout this session and throughout the rest of the years ahead. And, and this word that comes forth will either be a stepping stone for you or a stumbling block. The only reason why the word comes forth in the first place is so that you can become righteous and holy before God. He wants you without blemish. He wants you raised up. He wants you beautiful. He wants you powerful. He wants you to be someone of beauty. But don't you guys know that beauty comes from brokenness first? Beauty comes from brokenness. I've always desired the ministry. Dr. Larry and Miss Brenda could tell you, my wife could tell you, I've worked hard to be a part of a ministry and for a number of years it would seem as if I was kicking against the goats. Wasn't really working the way I was thinking it would be working. It never really ran the way I was thinking it was supposed to be run and, and, I, and I was... Uh, always clashing against people, always clashing against those that God had placed in my life to be an authority over me, and I was always uh, a clash. I was always someone that was rubbing the wrong way. Now I was always thinking it was their fault. I was always thinking they were the problem. Even my own wife. We were butt heads for years. I was always running ahead. I was always running uh, alone, doing my own thing. And then that stone became a stone of stumbling. Oh yes, the Lord told me He was going to raise me up. The Lord had told me that I was called. The Lord had told me, but I didn't know the process. I didn't think I was going to have to die. I thought I'd already died. But there were still things in my heart that God had to deal with. Pride. Arrogance. Boastfulness. Headstrong. Thick neck. Oh yeah. They're still in there. Not willing to listen. They're still in you. Is the heart has to be broken. And the Lord crushed me. He didn't just break me, He crushed me. Brought me to my knees. Let me know that it wasn't all about me. It was all about Him. And unless I gave Him the rest of my heart, I wasn't going to go anywhere else or do anything else. You guys are wondering why you're up against the roadblock? It's probably because of a heart condition. 
God says you're not ready for it yet. There's something blocking you, and it's not God. But if you continue, you will stumble and you will fall. But open up your eyes. God's got something good in store. And the reason why you fall and stumble is not because of anything else, but He wants you to identify the reason why you fall and stumble. There's a reason, guys. And it's not because of God. It's not because of your friends. It's not because of the pastor. It's not because of the enemy. No. I can't blame the devil for anything anymore. The reason is, is I, I've done it more times myself. I've caused to be, I've caused the problem more times than not. The reason is, is because there's still stuff in my heart that has to be dealt with. And I tell you the truth, God will make you, I hate to use that word, because people don't like, God does not, yes he does. How many of you guys have know the truth? God will make you. Why? Because he loves you. Why? Because you're his son and not a bastard. <gasps> it's in the Bible. But you guys understand the word, right? You know what the word bastard is, right? It means that one without a father. I am not one. I have a father. It's just most of the time I didn't listen to my father. And so because my father loves me, he will discipline me and he will correct me. He will. Why? Because he loves me. He wants me to be great. He wants me to be good. He wants me to be useful. He wants me to be excellent. He wants me to inherit good things. He wants to give me the kingdom. He wants me to be the head and not the tail. He wants me to be smart and not stupid. He wants me to understand all things. And because He loves me with such a great love, He'll cause me to stumble. And then He'll tell me, I told you so. Son, I told you so. Now follow me. Son, I told you so. The wages of sin is death. You haven't found that out yet. You will find out. Everything that you do will come to death if you continue down that path. If you don't believe me, you will find out the hard way. You'll find out God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows is what he reaps. Look at Romans chapter 9. Is this a good word this morning? Look at verse number 33. Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. Now, I like what it says in the American Standard Version. It says, I... I have laid up in Zion a stone that makes men stumble and a rock that makes men fall. Hmm. Isn't that something? Jesus has come to make men stumble and fall. 
And here we are claiming that Jesus has come to save us. And He has. But unless we fall, we don't need a Savior. Hello? I don't know about you guys. I wasn't willing to look for Jesus when I was okay. I wasn't willing to look for Jesus when I had everything in my basket. I came to Jesus because I was broken. Because I fell. Not just once, but maybe a dozen times. And I started realizing I could not get back up. Jesus came into my life to be a stumbling block and a place to fall. You know what, guys? Ever since I became a Christian, it made it harder. Jesus didn't make my life easier. Has He? It seems like it, the harder uh, it became since I've become a Christian. It's harder. It seems like the Word gets harder. And if I'm not careful, I'll stumble. Even more so. Why? Because more the Word is now in me. And more that the Lord requires of me to walk upright. The longer I'm into this, the more I have responsibility in performing this work. It's not about works anyway. But I'm telling you the truth. If you don't do what God wants you to do, you will stumble. And it seems kind of odd how people have been going on for years and years and everything's been okay, but 20 years down the road they're stumbling and falling. Why? Because of the Word. Somehow or some way, God got in there where He hadn't been able to get in there for 20 years and in that one word, it makes him stumble. What if God was to tell you this morning to sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and follow me? What if for the last 20 years you've been building up your kingdom and you've made millions of dollars and you were rich in every way? And you were doing good. You weren't anyone bad. You weren't looked at upon society as being a, a rude, crude, arrogant type of person. In fact, you were a giver. You're a good man. You're a good woman. Everyone looks at you and pats you on the back. And then here comes Jesus. Oh, man. What did that rich young ruler want? He wanted eternal life, didn't he? He knew the Scripture. He'd been in church for quite a long time. And because of the Word, it made him rich. But then Jesus says something that counteracts everything else he'd been doing for 20 years. What happened to that man? He stumbled. Why? Because he trusted more in his riches than he did in the Word. Guys, I'm telling you the truth. We may be thinking we're okay this morning. And God is about ready to find out if we are true. Don't be offended. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Whatever God says, just do it. Just do it. I know I'm probably going to be uh, the first one that gets a word from God that tells me I've got to do this or that and the other. And I'm telling you the truth, I'm worried about this word. Because I don't want to be made to stumble. I hate stumbling. I hate falling. It hurts. Not only hurts me, but it hurts my family. It hurts the church. So there's consequences. Am I right? For obedience. There's consequences. You know, everything you do affects everyone else in this room. Every person in this room gets affected by you. 
So it would be better if you do the right thing than the wrong thing. Right? Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. This is my first closing. <laughs> first closing. 1 Peter chapter 2. I got these new tabs on my Bible and I can't even find for Peter. Better off without the tabs. First Peter chapter two. Verse number six. Therefore it also contains in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. That word shame is disappointed. Therefore, you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, or who don't believe, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word by which they were also appointed. So I guess God already knows that the word that's going to come forth today is going to cause you to stumble. But that's okay. He has a plan. Right? It's appointed every man wants to die. But afterwards there is the judgment, right? So if there's an appointment for us to die, then there must be an appointment for us to fall. Right? And I would say that in that appointment that we all must fall, that appointment must have a good side and a bad side to it, right? Can you guys feel me? The worst thing that could ever happen to a man that falls is that he not get back up. Am I? Okay? And that person is offended because he fell. I've been that way. Okay? But the best thing that would happen out of that fall was that that man or that woman would come to realize why they fell and then get back up and follow the one who caused them to fall. Okay? It's not that God is being mean because He's making you fall. No. I, I, he, he's kind of planning it to where you do fall and you understand that you can't do anything by yourself. You see? Because if you always stood, if you never fell, if you never experienced any pain, you would never need a Savior. So the reason why we fall is so that we can be lifted back up. Amen? But it says here that people stumble because of disobedience. That's the biggest reason why people stumble. God tells us one thing and just don't do it. Okay? Don't go out there. Whoa. Don't touch that oven. Ah! Right? You guys felt that. It, it's the same thing. He's kind of like a parent. He's a father to us, right? And he sees things well enough in advance. He knows the danger zones. Would you guys agree? He sees your life. He sees the end from the beginning. And He knows where you're going to be next week. He knows your path. And before you go out there and ruin your life, He's going to be the one that's going to make you stumble or stop or yield. He'll place these things in our path to help us open up our eyes and maybe seeing that we could be going in the wrong way. 
Right? He's that kind of a God. If things were going okay, if we were being obedient, I think we would see no stumbling stones and we would see no stop signs. Keep on going. Right? But because we're being disobedient, He'll place these things in our path to help us open up our eyes. I don't know about you guys, I remember one time as a young man, I was flying down on the road with my skateboard. I was going down a, 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 a mountain or a hill called uh, um, Skyline Drive. And on the back side of that thing, man, it's like a, uh, an 8 degree shoot and then there's a cutback and another 8 degree shoot and then another cutback. And me and my brother were both thinking that we would tackle this thing. Okay? Because many other people have done it. Isn't that funny? We do things just because everyone else does it, right? I didn't understand this, though. I didn't understand that uh, um, a skateboard only goes uh, so fast before you start losing control. I'd only got maybe two or three miles an hour. Going downhill, though, you're looking at 20, 25 miles an hour. My mom kept on saying, uh, I don't think you should be doing that. Well, mom, no. My dad wasn't around, so, you know, he wasn't talking to me. Hello. Hmm. See, if I just listened to my mother. No. Me and my brother both. We got past the first one, okay? Got onto that cutback and started down the second one. There was a big pothole in the middle of the road. And you know what? It came so fast that I couldn't turn away from it. I hit that thing, my skateboard busted in half, and I was flying down the road. A good 15, 20 feet. Scarred up my hands. All kinds of neat stuff happened. Okay? The thing about it is, is this. If I would have listened, I wouldn't have gotten hurt. If I would have listened, I'd still have a skateboard. You know what? I never did get another skateboard. I never did. I got it for Christmas as a present. Never did get another skateboard. I did the exact same thing two years later. This time I had a, 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 a Honda Elsinore 125. Back to the same hogbacks, same as the same skyline drive. My mom said, I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, what mom know about? Man, I was going up and down these hills, whoop de doos switchbacks, all kinds of things, man. Okay? And on that one, it was a horseshoe. That thing came up and around just like this. Now, if you catch the rim, feel like you're flying. Well, I caught the rim, and I went flying into a patch of cactus. Thorns were a good two or three inches long. Destroyed my body. The wheels, everything were gone. Here I am, hobbling back home. Me and my brother. I had prickly pear all the way up and down my back. Never did get another bite. Isn't it funny how disobedience will cause you to lose things forever? Isn't that funny? How sometimes God will spare your life but take everything else? Isn't it funny how disobedience will cause you to look another way? Maybe the mom was right. Last scripture, Hosea chapter 5. Am I speaking to anyone today? Amen. Sometimes the trouble that you're going into is only there so that you can see what you need to see and turn from your wicked ways. Two scriptures and I'll close. 
I talked about the bad things. Obviously, God's going to bring us into that place so that we can stumble, so that we can be broken. But there's a reason why. God wants us to be clean. He'd rather have us clean than perfect. I'd rather be clean on the inside than perfect on the outside. You know what? It's even kind of weird. I was reading in the Word this morning how Jesus was telling us in Matthew chapter 5. He says, you know, if your hand offends you, chop it off. It'd be better to go into heaven with no hand than to be uh, living in hell with both. That word offense is the same word. Skelion. It means if, if something is causing you to stumble, don't do it anymore. You see what I'm saying? If anything, chop it off. If your right eye offends you, gouge it out. He's talking about getting rid of sin. Hosea chapter 5, verse 15. And it'll be Hosea chapter 6, verse 1. You guys ready? I will return again to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face in the affliction. They will diligently seek me. You guys see that? God will cause us to be in affliction so that we will get back into Him. Chapter 6, verse 1. Come and let us return to the Lord, for He has torn, but He will also heal us. He is stricken, but He will bind us up. After two days, He will revive us, and on the third day, He will raise us up, that we may live in His you guys see that? I see a lot of people who are his that have been bruised, battered, beaten, scarred, maimed. It's not because of what Jesus has done for us, but because of what we do to ourselves in a lot of ways. But because of these afflictions, God will bring us back and He'll heal us. He'll use these things to work for our good. That's what the Word says. All things work together for good. To those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So He's got a purpose why we're going through these afflictions, right? He's got a purpose why we're finding ourselves in a hard place or that we're stumbling. Guys, it's not going to be a bad thing. Just humble yourself. Don't take an offense because it's not going to go your way. Don't be offended. Just go with the flow. Give God the control. I'm telling you the truth. When we lost our house, I could have easily been offended. I could have easily told God, you know what, God, you lied to me. You told me through my own effort, through my own ears, through many other people who have prophesied, saying, God, that you were going to give me this house. And I stood by the way. I kept it. I clinched to it. I held on to it for six years, Lord. And you didn't come through. I could have blamed it on God. But because I stumbled and fell, I seen that it was my own idiotic stupidity that got me in trouble in the first place. For some odd reason, I now listen to my wife and I hear it clearly. I don't like this house, honey. I don't think this is for us. 
No, honey, you don't know what you're talking about. I heard from God. Six years later, we lost it. Isn't it kind of strange how we'll listen to everybody else, but we won't listen to the one who's trying to warn us about an impending danger up ahead. Don't be offended because you lose things. Just find out the reason why you lost it and then move forward. Keep your heart from being offended. I don't know who this is for here this morning, but I just feel that there's something coming up. And I don't know how it's all going to work out. You know, we prayed about things. Friday night was a powerful time. But what did you pray for? Don't be offended if your prayers are not answered the way that you want them to be answered. If anything right now, hold on to your heart and say, Now listen, God, maybe I need to be, uh, uh, maybe I need to, uh, you know, change my, my attitude here real quick. I just want your will to be done, Lord, not my will. I, I just want you to answer it according to your knowledge, your wisdom. Whatever I was praying for, Lord, please forgive me. I, I didn't mean it that way. I don't want to stumble or fall. And if I have to lose everything to gain Christ, I'm willing. Christ was not offensive. There was just some things he said that made people think that, you know, you really are going to do it his way or continue down your road. Maybe today God has got you on that place. Got you at a crossroads. And as Miss Brenda had said, since we've already done the tithe and offering, I'd like to open the altar up. Maybe if I can get someone to play a little ditty, maybe we can just take our thoughts into captivity here real quick and bring ourselves to a conclusion that maybe we need to set some things right and get with God.